Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Chagas nutritionist Joe Patton. Feed accounts for over 75% of variable costs on most beef farms. With consistent rainfall over the past 10 days, a lot of cattle have been housed around the country. I asked Joe, what are the key things farmers need to focus on now? Yeah, so Catherine, yeah, a lot of a lot of stock hitting the sheds at this stage. Um, I suppose, look, based on our survey work that we would have done in the summertime, uh, we would see that really that the country as a whole is in good is in good enough shape in terms of fodder availability. Um, I'd say we have something around five to ten percent surplus in the country, which is a good uh, is a good place to be, uh, and that's across you know that's north south east and west are, are in good enough shape but i suppose uh, quality is one thing catherine and quality is certainly another and i think one of the biggest things you need to focus on um when, when animals are hitting the shed at this stage is to really get a handle on uh, what silage quality is like so test your silage really and i suppose then we can really start to see then what we need to do uh, for the different classes of stock on the farm so the first big job now really is just to get a to get a, a handle on silage quality and then see where we see where we go from there. And how do farmers go about getting silage samples tested and what does it cost? Uh, well, look, I suppose that the, you, can, you can speak to your individual advisor on, on that in terms of getting a good representative sample. But certainly, look, I suppose when pits are open, it's a case of taking a representative sample from basically the old idea is like a, a W shape across the face of the pit. Uh, you're taking maybe, I suppose, a couple of kilos fresh weight is, is enough. Like a, you'd get a sample bag, you know, your standard sample bags. Uh, or indeed, if you want to open a couple of bales and take some samples, uh, take a representative sample out of them. Uh, the big thing with the, with the um with the sampling catron is just to make sure that whichever system you go with, I suppose, or whatever the whichever lab is used to test the silage, is that it is actually an accredited lab that the, the system that's been run is you know is basically calibrated for Irish conditions is calibrated for Irish uh, silages because you know there's it's very it's essentially a very simple process at this stage to, to test silage when you send your sample into the lab it's just scanned effectively and uh, the scan then is used to predict the results so you, you just need to make sure that you have an accredited um, that, that the, the lab you're using is an accredited is accredited lab so just check that with whoever's whoever's doing it the standard sort of sample through um uh, true Chagas is costing about 35 quid uh, to do it so it's you know it, it's it's a few quid but like at the same time when you consider the, the, the amount of meal that's going to be bought or the amount of the amount of stock that's going to be fed for the next four to, you know next five six months nearly uh, I don't think it's a it's a big cost at all it could save you it could save you a few hundred quid at least over the winter period so it's a good investment I would say. Silage quality is very important Joe but year on year we talk about targets to achieve over the winter for weanlings, particularly of 0.6 kilos per head per day. Yet on many farms, weanlings are coming out the following spring, not much heavier than they went in. Where are we going wrong? That's a good question. I suppose, look, when we do say test our silage quality uh, in a way that really one of the big things we need to use the silage t- results to do, Catherine, is to sort of 
you know, use it almost as a way to say, well, did I do a good job this year in terms of making silage and what could I change for next year? So in some ways, you know, it's it's almost too late to do anything about it because, you know, the silage is there in the yard and you're stuck with what you have for this year. So certainly making it, you know, looking at what you need to do for next year is a big part of that. And it's a very simple story and it's the same, it kind of comes to the same all the time. It's really, if you're going to be feeding weanlands with it or feeding freshly calf circular cows or finishing cattle, the silage needs to be cut in May. That's the that's the the long and the short of it. Really, it needs to be ready to cut in May. I think once you get into June silage or late June silage, you're in trouble in terms of quality. It's just inevitable. Uh, there's not a whole lot much more we can say about that. So I think really the thing is, May cut silage, leafy silage is going to make the is going to make the difference. Now, you mentioned there about targeting you know, 0.6 of a kilo per head per day. So like really, what does that mean? I suppose that's 20 kilos a month if you want to look at it that way for in, in simple terms. So, you know, basically you want your you want your weanlands gain in 20 kilos a month is a nice moderate growth rate over the winter period. Um, that's, you know, we talk a bit about compensatory growth and being able for animals being able to catch up. Like I suppose if they're growing at 0.6 of a kilo, They'll definitely, you know, they'll definitely catch up in in a couple of in a couple of months out on grass. However, if they're growing at point two, or as you say, they're not gaining at all, they'll never catch that up really. And you're ending up with you're ending up with having to hold cattle for an awful lot longer to get them to the weight. So the twenty kilos a month really is the is the target. So with good silage, may cut silage, you're probably talking you know, a half a kilo to a kilo of a good quality ration with sort of mid-June, late-June silage, you could be talking about two and a half kilos, to tr- you know, up to two and a half kilos, maybe three kilos uh, to make that difference. That's 50 to 60 euros a head difference in meal cost. And as you say, maybe what happens on a lot of farms is a lot of farmers maybe just decide not to feed that extra meal and they suffer the poor growth rate uh, as a result. I think you've hit on it there with regard prices for rations. And I think that's something that will dictate on a lot of farms what ration is going to be fed this winter. What should farmers be looking for when selecting a ration in the coming days? Yeah, I suppose that's the thing. The first thing we need to say really is that, you know, if if the we need to be, we sort of need to say, look, we have to get the 20 kilos a month out of our weanlands. And if that's going to cost us a bit extra uh, over the winter because of our poor quality silage, we need to do two things. We need number one, to make sure that the quality of the silage improves for next year. And number two, as you say, is maybe look at the quality rations that you're talking about um, you're talking about feeding. So as I say, you know, we, we'll take that sort of, you know, we'll assume between if it's, it doesn't really matter whether it's a, it's good, good, you know, if you're feeding good or bad silage, the quality of the ration needs to be good anyway. So whether it's a kilo or two and a half kilos, you're still looking for quality. So we're talking high energy ingredients. So that's basically your sort of barley, I suppose, maize, um, beet pulp, Hulls can do a job there too, uh, and you need a protein, obviously a decent quality protein source, distillers or soya, or even even rapeseed, but probably distillers and soya. So that's going to come to sort of a kind of a high energy, sort of sixteen percent, sixteen percent ration with with minerals included at you know sort of two and a half percent minerals included. That's what you're talking about. So high energy, which when we say high energy, we basically mean 
something that's going to be 0.95, 0.96 of UFL on an as-fed basis. That's what you're that's what you're looking at. And really, you're trying to keep the amount of poorer quality ingredients uh, in the mix uh, to a minimum, Catherine. So a simple three-way mix, if you like, of you know something like barley beet pulp and distillers or barley beet pulp and a bit of soya in it, plus the minerals. That's going to be a very useful ration that will do a lot it'll do a lot of jobs around the farm, I think. So the nutrient content of the compound feed is more critical than the actual individual ingredients that are being made up of it, the full it compound. It is, it is, yeah. And that's that's the thing, you know, I, I look at I suppose you do see a lot of coarse rations and you know there's an awful lot of ingredients in them and, and that but really what it comes to is that the, the quality or the the, the the nutrient content so basically your energy value your protein value are really going to dictate the quality of the ration so like just for example you know your your high quality you know let's take maize meal for example on a, on a dry basis that's at 1.2 you know close to 1.2 units of energy something like maybe you know cottonseed or sunflower or something like that or even pollard could be down at 0.8 of a unit so there's nearly when you think about that for every for every ton of maize you're buying you're buying 1200 units of energy for every ton of the other stuff you're buying you're only buying 800 units of energy so there's 50 percent more energy in almost 50 percent more energy in the high quality ingredients so you know that's the, so cost per ton can be deceiving. Really, we should be looking at it at sort of cost per per thousand units of energy. And often, most of the time, when you take transport into account and you take the need, you know, it's going to cost as much to travel to transport bad stuff as good stuff. The 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 higher quality and the higher energy rations tend to win out like over over time. And they might be a bit more pricey, but you know, you you can get away with feeding less of them too for the same growth rate, which is important as well. You know. And typically, concentrate feeds are purchased solely on the basis of crude protein content, which is really incorrect. We should be looking more at the energy basis then. Certainly, yeah. Look, you know, it's that's one of the things that's there in the. You know, it's it's um, it's one of the things I suppose we need to remember is that there are some high, there are some relatively high protein ingredients out there that are quite poor for energy, uh, and. In that case, you know, you get you get a, you can get the high you can get protein percent up uh, by having high protein, low in, low energy ingredients. And basically, if you're buying, if you want to buy the cheapest high protein ration out there, you're probably buying, you know, because you know, it, in terms of you know what the cost of the, of the inputs are, you're going to end up probably buying something that's slightly lower slightly lower in energy uh, overall so i would say absolutely the the key ingredients look at your top three ingredients your top four ingredients uh, and that's what's really going to drive the that's what's really going to drive the composition and 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 the quality so protein percent of course you need you know depending on your silage quality obviously as well and that's what we have to remember too based on our 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 first look at the averages this year on silage uh, grass silage there's a range of protein anywhere from 10% up to 15% in the silage. And, you know, we often have people come to us asking, you know, what percentage of, what percent of protein should be in the ration I'm feeding? And when you ask the question, you know, what's the, what's the level of protein in the silage? A lot of say, I don't know. So you can't decide what protein you need in the ration until you know what protein's in the, in the silage. So therefore, you have to go back and really it comes back to that thing of needing your test, first of all, to decide what you need to do. Is there a difference between the concentrate types being fed, whether it's a beef mix or a special or a home mix concentrates? It really comes down to the composition of the, the ingredients included, you know, and it's something that... I suppose I would always say to people, you know, ignore the name and look at the label. You know, people can call, you can call it anything you like, special mix or 
intensive beef or whatever it might be called it's you know what's in the name really it's it's what's it's on it's what's on the label that counts so um we need to rem we need to remember that so it's very relatively straightforward look at your look at your first few ingredients has it got barley uh, maize distillers beet pulp soya um hulls i suppose if they're all if they're kind of making up most of the first ingredients you know more or less you're in, in distillers obviously yeah that that you're you're probably onto a good you're probably onto a good ration. If there's a big string of you know if there's a big long list of ingredients in it, I'd be questioning it to be honest with you, especially for for stock that need to perform well. Some farmers might be growing their own barley and balancing it with protein. What minerals would they need to be looking to include? Again, if they're feeding barley to um, if they're feeding barley to young stock, for example, if it's their own barley and they're going with young stock, <clears throat> excuse me, you probably need a you probably need a um, a protein source in there as well depending on silage quality so it could be barley distillers or barley gluten something like that mixed kind of sort of two three to one i suppose something like that would 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 um would do and then you're looking at your mineral your mineral content as well so you're looking at generally speaking um generally speaking you're going to have to put in a good quality a good quality grower mineral which is basically calcium phosphorus your magnesium uh, plus your trace plus your trace minerals as well now look at what's the rate of feeding i suppose that depends on the that depends on the um the composition of what's in the bag you know so it's going to be in the sort of it's going to be in the 100 gram rate or there you know 50 to 100 gram rate depending on the on the ingredients you're using so look at i would say certainly the, the young stock will benefit from minerals so your standard as i say your macro minerals plus your trace minerals but really that depend the, the feeding rate of that depends on the composition of what's in the bag essentially and in relation to minerals for dry cows is there a difference between dust or bolus or licks or what should farmers be looking for now in relation to a good pre calf mineral it's a, it's a good question look at is there a difference the first thing is um we just have to remember i suppose that with 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 minerals um there's two types of minerals if you like or two classes classes of minerals i should say you've got your major minerals or your macro minerals i suppose and those are needed to you need to feed those in quantities of grams per day right so that's grams per day that's like you know 20 grams or 25 grams or in and around that scale so that's like you know it's almost like it's 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 visible you could see it you know you'd, you'd see it on the plate if you like you know so that's that's quite bulky and then you've got your trace minerals as well which would be stuff like your selenium your copper iodine uh, cobalt manganese those type of things they're needed in very very tiny quantities they're in milligrams uh, per day so they're very very small you can cover the trace minerals using a bolus okay because of the size of them but you couldn't cover the cows for example with magnesium which is an important one uh, you know using a bolus so you would have to dust that or offer that through the water or as a dusted as a dusted mineral okay so just to make that clear that we've seen that on some farms where they would say well i bolus the cows and therefore i thought i was covered for minerals you're covered for the trace minerals but you probably might need a bit of depending on silage quality you might need a bit of mag and, and phosphorus as well my preference has has been i suppose when cows are inside on silage uh, dry cows in on silage i suppose just my preference i suppose is really that i just a dusted mineral is, is as handy as anything because it covers you for the major minerals and it covers you for the trace elements um as well and it's kind of a one-stop shop really for for everything joe we often forget about other issues at housing that can impact performance why is it we can have great quality silage but stock aren't achieving the 20 kilos again per month over the winter yeah look i think um 
you know, there, are, there are certain issues, certainly, Catherine, I suppose, housing, ventilation, and um, obviously dosing and parasites as well. They have to be they have to be accounted for, and it's it's probably something that's worth a chat with your with your with your individual advisor, maybe to um, do the calculations. Basically, look at the space allowance, look at the um, look at the ventilation as well. So basically, you know, you could, you know, advisors are are are, are available and willing to get involved and just taking a look at your 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 floor allowance and do the calculations depending on the type of stock you have so you know that could be just measure your own measure your own um pens roughly and see how many cattle you can you can fit into them so obviously there's um there's there's good information as to, as to how to do that so i think that's that's important that the space and the and the you know, the space of allowance and ventilation is right. Uh, obviously, for your for your advisor and probably for or certainly for your vet as well, that the parasite question has to be certainly covered. So you're covered. You're assuming that those are correct. Uh, obviously, water as well. Uh, good access to clean water, not just water, but obviously clean a good supply, plentiful supply of clean water. Obviously, uh, is critical too. But I would have to say that. Um, with all those things taken into account, right, and from what I've sort of seen around the from seen around around the country for a, a few years now, that there's plenty of people with excellent facilities, you know, plenty of excellent sheds out there, plenty of excellent um, excellent management. Cattle are well well done in terms of dosing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. People are have got better with facilities too. I still come back to that idea that the biggest limitation on farms by a long way is silage quality. I don't. I think it's it's by far and away the biggest issue that's that out there because I see plenty of times where you've got you know healthy cattle um, in good sheds not thriving and it's really down to it's down to the quality of silage in front of them that was made the 20th of June last year uh, and you know it's and not enough supplementation to keep them moving. That's the big. That is certainly to me is the big is the big problem at, at a general level. Some great advice there, Joe, particularly starting off with farmers now needing to get their silage tested, following up with balancing the ration for energy and protein. Thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode, and my thanks to Joe for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie, or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, Keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.